Hey, welcome back to the Brazos Point Living Room. This week we have a special guest joining the three amigos for the first time in a long time. We've got Mr. Andrew McKay. What's up? <laughs> long time listener, correct? <laughs> yes, every week. It's the most faithful of all listeners. <laughs> So much so, I didn't even know you're still doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you said yes <laughs> to walking to be here, coming across the hallway. Well, we've got Andrew, we've got Randy, and myself back together again. And this week, we are continuing our message series uh, called Therapy and uh, walking through some big topics. And this week is a good one, too. Uh, but kind of as we jump in, my first question to you guys is a simple one. It is who in your life always knows how to make you smile and what is their secret? To okay to pick one of my children. Oh. <laughs> they the, don't listen. The follow yeah, I was gonna say the follow up question is do they listen? Yeah. So Tell it would me. be my oldest daughter, Kendall. Um, she just has a ability to make me smile and some of it is she's silly. Um, that's probably your secret. There's a good deal of silliness. Mm-hmm. I think we share uh, humor, you know, like sense of humor. And mm-hmm. so anyway, she, uh, she's just, she's adorable. The other two are adorable too, but <laughs> she just always makes me smile. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, I was going to say my, my littlest, my, the baby of our family, Lila, but to go a different way, my father, and he is silly, but he also has a, such a zeal for life. Yeah. And he is just, uh, like I can't help but smile. Like, he gets excited about things, and it's infectious. Your dad makes me smile too, actually. Yeah, he he just talks, starts talking about something, especially about, about things he's passionate with, and it just makes me smile. Like I just find myself smiling. I always found myself uplifted after spending time with him. Hmm. Cool. Uh, I had a question for you about one of those. You said your Lila, Lila. and then you said your dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fun. You take after your dad for sure. I try. In some ways. I do try. <laughs> I think you're a lot like Lila, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still a child at heart, that's for sure. Uh, my father is too. <laughs> is it okay if mine is my dog? Sure. <laughs> I guess. Actually, just, that's a good actually, one. <laughs> my dog, too. Not that my other children don't. But, oh my gosh, my dog. The furry child. <laughs> you're like my kid one of my kids and then my dog and is this your others. old dog or your puppy uh the puppy oh. sure. <laughs> i'm just kidding too well, i'm just kidding uh but dogs dogs are just more often than not a source of just unconditional love which yeah. is so fun my dog worships me <laughs> that makes me smile <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say my one of my well, all of my kids <laughs> but uh i think something you said is is such a, f- a reminder it's like they have your humor mm-hmm. it's like your humor yeah, coming out in them that yeah. instantly gets you mm-hmm. it's so funny it's it true. just always it's it's uh evelyn and josiah both really do have my sense of humor and it throws me off guard because mm-hmm. i'm like that's a mirror <laughs> and i think we all just are really fans of ourselves <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'm my biggest fan you know who in my life makes me smile me <laughs> <laughs> and i know for our podcast listeners michelle is their answer oh yeah, for yeah. sure and ours too and ours yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, thanks for listening michelle <laughs> all right well the reason we have that question is because there are plenty of 
times in our life where we're not smiling, <laughs> where we're actually walking through difficult and hard things. And this week's topic is actually, as we walk through this series, is depression and the moments we're in life where things are hard and difficult and we feel down and out. So to kick us off, I just have three verses I wanted to put up there, and these are found in the Bible, God's word that you know we often run to. But First Kings. Uh, just says, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom, broom, (laughs) a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Jonah four verse three says, now, Lord, take away my life for it's better for me to die than to live. And then Psalm 42, 11 says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. So, the reason I have these and I want to read them back to back to back is just, man, so often than not, we run to the Bible for encouragement, for stories of God working in major ways through people, and yet those are three instances of people being down and out, walking through difficult circumstances, and it really honest lament. And so, my first question is, man, how did these moments? And, and verses we just read encourage you in your own journey through difficult times. I think they're immensely encouraging. And, you know, I mean, you, you got different characters and actors here, but to me, the one that stands out is King David. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think David's a huge encouragement because we, we talk about David in terms of the man that's, uh, you know, after God's own heart, which comes from the scriptures. That's why we call him that. And David wasn't perfect. David wasn't sinless. David actually had, you know, huge flaws, huge sins, and struggled with real depression. Like David knew the depths and the pits of depression, um, and yet always is inclined towards the Lord. So I think the encouraging part for me is that uh, you can be someone that follows God and still have struggles and even serious struggles with sadness and gloom um, and then and, and even still have a heart that's inclined toward the Lord I think that's what we see in David that's so powerful hmm. yeah. yeah I think I might be on the same sentiment but the relatability of it all is is so good because I know uh, the way I grew up I saw all these heroes of our, of our faith and then we kind of kind of paint them in this perfect light hmm. and they really want weren't and that's what's so beautiful about the bible and the people that we learn about and these they are still our heroes despite um their flaws but especially in these seeing that they struggled even to the point where like it's just better that i die it's like Mm. wow i think i've said something like that along the way and i don't feel so bad for saying it yeah yeah i love that you say that like man the if we really look at the bible for what it is it's just real people and these are real stories and these are people walking through the things of life that are hard and difficult that we face too and so uh, my question is what lessons can we draw from them you know these are just a couple snippets right there's these are things that are taking place in longer stories but big picture what kind of lessons can we draw from this when we face challenges in our lives today I, mean, I think there's an extraordinarily practical, practical, we're all struggling to talk, an extraordinarily practical uh, lesson from David in that Psalm, Psalm 42, 11, and just like boil it down to my soul is downcast, yet I praise God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lesson, right? Yeah. Like even in the depression, find reasons and ways to praise. Mm-hmm. And all of them, they're crying out to God. It's not just... Oh, woe is me. It's like, God hmm. and, and Lord. And so they're crying out to him. And so we can, the lesson is, come to him with your burdens and yeah. your, and your, hmm. your sorrow. 
Yeah. And then this picks up off something you said a couple weeks ago that was like, man, in in the midst of these difficult moments and are, are, are they drawing you towards God? Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to be honest and to cry out to God or even the frustration that's here within these verses, but they're coming to God and they're talking to him. And I just think that's, that's a powerful lesson. But I think David uses a really honest word here in this Psalm, Psalm 42, 11. He says, I'm disturbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, like that's a really honest word to speak to God. Um, and, and, and that, that level of vulnerability. Cause I do think that sometimes we want we want to try to act as if we've got it buttoned up even with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely honest. So, I mean, taking their examples and, and their real life, just life plastered here for us in these verses, have you ever experienced a time when you felt like giving up or quitting something important in your life? And, and how did you handle that? I have many of those instances, uh, ones that stick out for me was um, giving up on my marriage uh, and and I was in a really dark spot there was multiple things going on uh, sin being one of the biggest ones and but I wouldn't say I was necessarily dep- depressed I was just caught up in a lot of things and I was really just negative and just seeing how where our relationship was I'm like I was thinking like yeah it probably be better if we just weren't together um and we had many conversations obviously we're still here and i'm so glad for that um and i won't say it was just a one and done we've had multiple conversations throughout the years and there's a lot of it was through consequences of of sin on 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 my end but uh there there have been times where we both have come to like is this is it worth it but we are here and we say that it is but there have been times where you know, I was I. I don't know if I couldn't handle it. It was really I just couldn't handle it. I just it was more the shame, and we're going to say that for other weeks. But um, there was just a lot of uh, a lot in that where I thought, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to make this, make it through mm. or not. But we did. I guess to kind of answer the question, I, don't, I guess we didn't. You got to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I th- I think. What we see in these verses too is is every one of these people is dejected. They're yeah. they've they've kind of resigned. They're, they're giving up in so many regards, and uh, and God God sustains them and keeps them going. But what about you, Randy? Well, I, I like kind of piggybacking off of what Andrew shared, and just in his authenticity is like it takes me back to the title of the message of you know fight for the future, and 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 what he's saying is man we're here we're mm. still here and if we hadn't fought for the future then we wouldn't still be here mm. and it was a fight it wasn't easy it was a yeah. battle and and yeah. we battled through it but it's it's worth it to fight for the future mm. man I, I think uh, some of the biggest moments in my life where i felt like maybe giving up or quitting something that was important i think uh man, my freshman year in college was really hard that first semester of just being away from everything i knew in a whole new place and new people and uh, I think there was plenty of times where I was just ready to like go home <laughs> or quit school or uh, I was in a major two that I was so just I hated <laughs> and I was like this is not for me maybe I shouldn't be here and, and all sorts of things and then I, just another season of my life in ministry um, early on of just I just remember a time of just man this is hard difficult lonely and uh, feeling like should I be doing this 
and I'm ready. I, Lord, I, why am I so downcast and disturbed? I'm uh, just take me now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think in all of it, I'm so encouraged to see, like, to hear your story, to hear stories of other people who fought for the future in those difficult moments, and of these real life these these Bible heroes who we see them on display. They have the same moments that they work through. Yeah, so much power in persevering, right? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the next couple things I wanted us to read are just two verses. One is in, found in Habakkuk, and the other one's in Psalm 85. The first one just says, it is, Habakkuk is praying, and he basically uh, he speaks to God, and he tells him, here's everything that's going on, here's what's wrong, here's what I'm frustrated with, and then he... He waits for God's response, and here's what he says. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts, kind of the, the upper parts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Habakkuk makes complaints, and he says, but I'm going to wait and listen to God. Psalm 85 says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but not let them turn to folly. So we commonly view prayer oftentimes as, as our expressing our needs to God and telling him of crying out to him. But it's crucial to remember that listening is also a significant part of prayer as well. So my question to, to us is how patient are you in waiting for God's answers to your prayers? And what steps can you take to improve that listening part of prayer? I think one of the things that strikes me from both of these verses is that there's this sense of expectation that God's going to speak. Mm. And and I think that's probably a lesson that I need to take away from that is, uh, do I really, am I expectant that the Lord is going to speak? Do I go into it anticipating uh, God to move, you know? And and that's what challenges me is like, maybe, maybe I should kind of grow my faith in that direction of, I, I think God's going to show up here. Mm. How do you? What do you think it looks like for us to actually listen to God when we pray? I mean, another psalm will say, "Be still, know that I am God." Yeah, um, and that's the challenge for me: being still. You know, like uh, I'm. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at listening to God when He talks fast because <laughs> I, I, I'm moving and shaking. You know, uh-huh. and uh, and I'm not good at still. I'm not good at solitude. I'm not good at silence. I'm not good at slowing my mind, and uh, and all of those things really take a great deal of effort for me. Um, but honestly, those are it's, I'm not good at it. But I know that's a space where God speaks. So it's something I should be more intentional towards. Yeah. Just taking times to pause and and getting away from. I mean, we live in a culture where busyness is just applauded, and the busy you are, the you know the more successful you are but taking moments and dedicated time just to pause and that might not necessarily be you sitting you know crisscross on the floor you know just with your eyes closed listening but it could be for me that a good point is to get out of the house get out of air conditioned air and get into the whoa yeah <laughs> go outside controversial God is not but outside special, of it well not during the summer <laughs> but during the fall God are you there <laughs> he is not outside right now and uh, but I I really find that for me is break okay I need a break out of it might even be a rhythm of, of this like just but I'm just so busy and, and, and like you I can just go around and round and round and have a lot of energy 
Well, but. some of it's just going around and around and around and, and not being mindful. But for me, also, there's an element to it where it's like my pathways are yeah. people. Like, I experience the Lord through community. I'm so so bent toward extroversion that, it, that that's that's how I best experience God. Mm-hmm. And, and not just that. Like, that's part of why I love serving so much because I experience the Lord through serving. It is harder for me to experience the Lord through solitude. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not necessary. Yeah. For me, it's absolutely necessary, and um, people wouldn't believe this, but I am introverted, hmm. and and so that's where I, for me, and a lot of that is playing to your personality, like you said, like figuring out um, for that for yourself what that looks like. I think is yeah. really key. That's one of the things I did intentionally on sabbatical. Like I stretched myself, uh, and probably not as much as I should have or needed to, but like I would go when Ashley was teaching the girls Bible study on the porch. I would go out alone in the woods, which is not something that I like to do and try to just be alone outside with the Lord the and listen. Yeah, you basically outside. had AC outside. I had, I had you God, did. Yeah, was... the, the Lord's air conditioner. <laughs> um, but anyway, like there were times that I was trying to read more. I was trying to reflect more. I was trying to slow more. And uh, that's, a, that's hard. It's hard, but it's necessary. Hmm. These are good questions, too, of just how to, you know, like this is something that my daughters ask me right now because they hear something or from, you know, and they're just like, how do you listen to God? I'm like, that's a really simple, mm-hmm. complicated question. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you know, my simplest way to describe it is, uh, is, is like, you mean, you're not necessarily going to hear a voice, but man, God may speak to you through someone else. God may speak to you, to you through a circumstance. He may give you a thought. He may, you know, and it's like, but my biggest thing to them is is helping them to see hey we bring our things to god we we want to to be in conversation with him and then to be expectant hey god you know like what do you want me to do and maybe you're going to help me to see that and use another person or something outside of myself to recognize that and that like you said that's exactly what we see here is in habakkuk he's saying here's my complaints god and it's not just so god you magically fix it he's kind of sitting there saying so what do you want me to do yeah you know like give me direction and tell me where to go what to do to, in the situation um but yeah it's a it's a big question the last two things i wanted us to read uh are galatians 6 2 and james 5 16 the first says carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of christ and james 5 16 says therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed so as believers in jesus we often feel and might feel a natural inclination to keep our struggles and depression to ourselves. i mean i think that's fair that's a pressure that many people feel and we're talking about depression but my question is why is it not only vital but also god's design that we share and journey through our challenges with others i think at the beginning god said it's not good for man to be alone and that's multifaceted i think but especially in this area of like just emotional health and mental and spiritual health that um when we share what's going on inside with others whether that be your spouse or someone close or uh, or a friend that there's so much power there and i tell people this all the time that the more i tell my story the freer I become and have become, hmm. the more open I've been with my experiences and what I struggle with, the the um, the stronger that 
that God uh, works within me because I'm just being open and honest. And when the where the I forget the scripture, but where the light, it, like He exposes the darkness, and um, the darkness can't live. And so, and I know it's for some people, especially going through depression, you, you might have say. I'm not going to say like you simply sharing it's going to be completely go away. Uh, but I know that there's so much power there in my own personal experience. And if we keep things bottled up, it's kind of like, you know, I hate to be, use this example, it's kind of graphic, but like if you want to throw up, like keeping it down, <laughs> like you can get, you feel worse. But if you just let it go, yeah, you can feel better. Unburden. <laughs> Unburden yourself. And that can go for a lot of different things. But I think that there's so much power and sharing our struggles. Well, and I think it, it's a lot like the the topic last week in terms of, you know, we're the people of hope that have the promise of eternity. Should we really experience grief over our temporary losses or uh, the loss of someone from this life into the next? Well, you know, uh, yes, we should. It's a part of our human experience. It's a part of the human condition. We see that pattern in Jesus and him lamenting loss. Um, you know, and I think it's really, really similar that there's this tension or this temptation uh, to, to think we're believers, so we shouldn't experience mm-hmm. depression. Um, but, but the reality is so much of what the heart of all of this therapy is that where healing happens is when we lean into the truth and we begin to discern the truth from lies and and going back to this idea of of needing each other to process through and to struggle through these things together like that's where you're going to get truth and truth tellers is in community that's who's going to help you distinguish between the lies that you're telling yourself and one of the greatest lies is well I'm, i'm unique I'm the only one that has this problem. I'm the only one that has this struggle. Classic. I'm the only believer I know that is depressed. Those are lies. Those are absolute lies. And so, like you said, Andrew, there's so much power in being known. And when we're willing to share our stuff and to, and to let others share their stuff with us, um, and there's strength in there. And, and that's where we can begin to, to pursue truth together and extinguish lies together. Oh, so true. Because when you're keeping it all to yourself you're like an echo chamber of your own lies just bouncing around inside you and I've there's been many times where I've shared things and uh, a mentor of mine like would call me out like dude that's crazy thinking like and he would just recenter me mm-hmm. and I think that's that's so true yep so much easier to be, believe lies when we're alone yep that's such a powerful feeling too like having experienced that many times of either believing the lie or f- carrying a burden by myself and the shame or whatever that comes with that and being on the other side of whether it's confession like james says or just l- talking it out with other people and not only feeling validated or i'm not alone or someone else is like i don't understand that but i'm here or you know you're okay you're still you're, you know re recentering me there's just such a great feeling there that in the immediacy of that moment of like it is healing as james says and like you said it is also a reminder of this is god's design god, yeah. there's a reason why he told us over and over that he designed us to be and to need other people well and that's why i would want to challenge any christ follower who would look at this subject and go man that's awkward that's messy i'm not a real feely kind of person i don't mm-hmm. want to express my feelings or hear yours you know <laughs> and go let's look at galatians 6 2 and think about what it means to carry each other's burdens and fulfill the law of christ like we're really going to follow jesus 
this is a part of it Mm -hmm. because Jesus carried our burdens. Mm -hmm. Jesus carried the burden of our sin. And so he's asking us in his likeness to follow him and to walk alongside one another in ways that are actually helpful. And that's going to get awkward. That's going to get messy. And that's going to stretch you beyond your comfort zones. Um, But it's worth it Mm -hmm. and it's necessary. And as long as you choose to stay isolated, uh, you're going to choose to stay in bondage. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a big question too. Like, what are the what? What does it look like to carry each other's burdens? And I think so often we are like, man, I'm I'm down to carry your burdens, the the clean ones, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> the, the non messy ones, the yeah. ones that don't involve me. Like you said, to get in there and get awkward sometimes, and but, and I'm willing to carry your burdens that I understand, mm. right? Like I, I know how to fix your sink. I really don't, or your <laughs> your transmission. I really don't. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't know how to fix your emotional problems, mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna stay away from that burden. It's like. Mm-hmm. No, let's step outside of our comfort zone. Let's admit that we don't know and just go, man, I'm going to walk in this with you mm-hmm. and we'll figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Or we'll just pray until something changes. Yeah. But that, I think that's the beauty of it too. It's like the, the command isn't to, so make sure you have in your group wherever you are somebody that can deal with every single yeah. issue. It's like, man, a group of people following Jesus together can carry each other's burdens that, like you said, that they don't understand that you may be the only one in your small group that has, but having people beside you, ministry of presence, praying together. When, when it comes to fixing stuff around the house, like I'll go to YouTube. So maybe we can go to YouTube and figure out what to do with with your soul. Yeah. (laughs) But the the reminder, but you're not alone. Yeah. I'm here with you. Yeah. I'm in the hole with you, you know, man, that's, I had a conversation this week with a friend that's walking through some really hard stuff and processing stuff and, and got a text later that day that just said, thank you for, for being there. And my response was, I don't know what to say to you, but I will still be here. Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to help you through this, mm. but I love you and I will be here to listen anytime you want me to. Mm. I think that's that's a really good point. Like, we might be inadequate, and that might, might be why people don't want to get messy because they feel like they don't have all the answers. I know especially Christians might feel that because they feel intimidated when someone asks them a question that they don't know how to answer about God. And I think it's the same is true with how we deal and interact with other people. We feel like we have to have the answers as Christians mm-hmm. because we have Jesus and we do ultimately have the answer, but there are things that we might not understand that yeah. we have to lean into. This may sound cliche, but my go-to line on that is, man, I don't know the answers, but I know who does. Yeah. And I mean true. it. Like, I will tell you, I do not know the answer, but I know who does. YouTube. And There's freedom in that. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> That's so <AI> dangerous. <laughs> yeah, please don't go. Don't it go depends to, on what you're looking don't for. Don't go to Google. Uh, don't build uh, your life on the answers on YouTube. <laughs> uh, well, the last thought, the question is kind of what we're already talking about. It's just what steps can we take within our, within our own small groups to cultivate and environment where people feel free to open up about their struggles, especially when it comes to things like depression and mental health. So I guess think about this question from the perspective of the person who maybe doesn't necessarily have this struggle currently, but it's like, how do you help them to create a culture where people can share or also how to help someone they know or love in the midst of it? I think Andrew nailed it. It's go first. Yeah, be the first that's willing to step up and say this is my struggle I have had this struggle I have struggled in the past I'm currently struggling and man the truth is it's baked into the recipe there's no there's no stronger way for this to go than for that to be the leader when the leader's willing to say I've been down this road and I'm going to be authentic if you haven't don't say it but if you have go first Mm -hmm. I think nothing will break a conversation up 
open up open up for the better than just being authentic and telling your story is there's nothing better when it comes to helping people and, and encouraging them to share is just share and lead the way i've seen it so many times not just with me but with other people it's like oh yeah okay i got something too Hmm. And people feel, and you might not have the, like you said, you might not have the same struggle either. Like I think, I've in the past I've felt like, oh, I have to have something that relates to them. No, I really don't. Uh, but if I open up and, and 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 do that, hopefully it encourages others to do the same. I think go first is strong, and I think another thing that's critical for our groups is, um, man, just don't don't try to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. don't don't uh really lean into that listen and love and recognize that you know trying to make it theologically tidy i'm not saying it's not important uh but i don't think it's of the utmost importance Hmm. yeah absolutely agree with that i think i would just want our groups to be reminded of the uniqueness of what's taking place in their gatherings um that isn't even dependent on them you know but just think about throughout the course of a week the groups groupings of people that gather together all over this community for all sorts of different things and fun and games and sports and hobbies and all the things but it's like there is something unique mm-hmm. when are are any group right any group of people following jesus gather together that is inherently going to have life-changing capacity and potential that isn't dependent on us either yeah. but just there's something unique about you gathering together and when it goes back to that idea of being expectant right mm-hmm. like there's power in god's word god's people and god's spirit and so when we get those three mixed up together like let's expect something to happen that's mm-hmm. not going to happen at your bowling league yeah do people still bowl in leagues i don't know but <laughs> wherever right like yeah. let's expect let's expect the spirit the word and the and the community of god to for there to be power there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah cool any last thoughts true yeah i do have one um man recently i had a problem with my ice maker and youtube not only fixed it it showed me a world into my ice maker that i didn't know existed like this guy knew how to push buttons to the point that codes came up that like made the fridge do things that i didn't know it could do like it yeah it was there was even a deal like there was this there was this hidden code that would increase the output of your ice maker and come to find out mine was on the lowest setting so yeah it's like it's not in the manual but youtube man the the guy on youtube he was the he was the frigidaire magician (laughs) you said to maybe stay away from youtube but then we just gave it all these incredible endorsements well for your fridge for your fridge fridge. i've done some i've done some significant car work using youtube YouTube. oh Yeah. yeah Even the open AI and stuff these days. Yeah. But not for this stuff, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Stay off YouTube for your emotional you, health. Use your group <laughs> and your Bible and your pastor. There might be some good stuff there, but talk to real people too. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.